When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, welcome to the podcast. I'm Scott Benjamin. And I'm Ben Boland. Ben, I've got big news today, and we didn't even talk about this. What's beforehand. that? What? This is number 600. This is number 600? This is number We're 600. Doing it? The, uh, the, the cars of the king, I guess, with you know the, the Elvis Presley cars. Yeah. Number 599 right wow. before this. This is number 600. Well, hey, Noel, could we get some fanfare sound effects from our super producer, Noel? Deserve something, right? Thank you so much, man. And thank you, Scott. And uh, thank everybody who's uh, stuck with the little show that could while we were doing this. Thanks, Ben. I appreciate it. And likewise, I mean, you and I have sat across from each other 600 times now. Wow. And done this show for, you know, what? I guess it's been about eight years, something like that. Wow. Something like that. It I think we started. Really hits you. Yeah, when was it? 2008? I guess it's about six years. Man, it doesn't feel like we have done 600. No, it really doesn't. I, I guess it just it comes up sometimes when there are episodes that we didn't remember that we've already done, you know, and it comes back to you. True. But uh, another big thing that's happened recently is that you and I have a video series now. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, recently, very recently, mm-hmm. it, uh, it arrived on the scene, I guess, uh, for, on, on the How Stuff Works homepage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on, we're on, moving well, you, on up. YouTube, I guess. I should, we should say that. The YouTube channel. Right. And uh, it's about the 1941 Chrysler Thunderbolt, and it was our day at the uh, the Dream Car exhibit mm-hmm. at the High Museum of Art. And you can expect a few more of these to come out, uh, you know, as time goes on. Yeah. Uh, Thunderbolt wasn't the only one that we shot. We did a few others, and uh, there's some surprises along the way. Yeah, which we will not spoil, but we wanted to let you guys know because a couple people have probably been listening and thinking, oh, Scott, Ben, why are you guys talking about your museum field trip? Uh, what of it? What's happening? Yeah, so check out the How Stuff Works YouTube channel, and uh, you're going to find it, as a matter of fact, right now you'll find it on top, but uh, scroll down on the uh, on the side there, and you'll find uh, the Chrysler Thunderbolt. And speaking of interesting finds, I found some trivia today that I thought might catch your interest. I did it earlier at the sound check. I'm intrigued. What is it? All right. Uh, good. Because if you're like, I'm bored, dismissed. I wasn't listening to your sound check. Oh, man. Are you serious? My sound checks are hilarious. They are pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, all right. So in 1907, taxi meters were equipped on the streets of New York for the first time. There were 
65 uh, gas-powered vehicles that had these taximeters. And these were invented by a guy named Wilhelm Brun a few years earlier in 1891. So you guys know what a taximeter is. It records the time and the distance and how much you charge people, right? Exactly. And taxis went on to become a uh, an institution in New York and a very – very difficult institution to break into because they got that medallion system, right? Absolutely, and this is a, a big time industry for New York, and mm-hmm. uh, and it's uh, at the time, I guess, kind of an exclusive thing, right? Because um, only a few were allowed to have these medallions. Right, nail on the head. It's gotten to the point where a taxi driver will rent a medallion, you know, for the time to drive their taxi for shifts. So there are people who are. Legally, ostensibly, taxi drivers, but all they really do is own a medallion that they rent out to people so they can legally drive a taxi. And we know that in other countries, taxis work different ways, their regulations, all this other stuff. But we're only telling you about taxis so we can tell you about the new guys on the block. The uh, new kids in town. Yeah, I don't know if we can call them new kids on the block at this point. I mean, they've been around <laughs> since, what, 2009? Right. Early 2009. Ben, this company, Uber, is operating in 45 countries now, 45 countries all over the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they do have quite a bit of controversy that goes along with uh, the service whenever it enters a new market. So, uh, all right. So 2009, San Francisco. Now it's in 40 plus countries. But, Scott, what what exactly is Uber? Ah, I guess we should start from the yeah. very beginning, right? OK, so Uber is, uh, well, first of all. It's a bold name for a company, wouldn't you say? I mean, yeah. Because Uber means supreme or mm-hmm. um, you know, the ultimate of something, right? Sure, yeah. But, uh, but this is a an on-demand car service that um, sometimes uses, well, it almost exclusively uses private drivers mm-hmm. uh, that are dispatched through a, a smartphone app, either on your Android or iPhone. And um, it's just a way that you can summon uh, the, an Uber taxi, I guess, if you want to call it a taxi. Yeah. Um, in some cases it is, some cases it isn't. We'll talk mm-hmm. about that. But you can summon them at will, and uh, you know you just wait for the exact vehicle that you ordered to show up, and it takes you to wherever you want to go. And we'll describe this in more detail later mm-hmm. on. But it's a really interesting idea because it's not a ride share, it's not a cab service. Nope. It's kind of something in between. It's 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 a taxi style car service, mm-hmm. but it's not exactly a taxi. Right. And although you might see a limousine license plate on an Uber, uh, it doesn't have the same cost that we usually associate. With, you know, renting a limousine for prom or for, I don't know why people rent limousines well, uh, for parties. A, it's an diff- entirely different process, really. I mean, right. if you're talking about just taking the smartphone out of your pocket and ordering a car to arrive on the uh, on the curbside in 10 minutes or 5 minutes or, you know, however mm-hmm. close they happen to be. Yeah. It's completely different from the, the, I guess, the older way of doing this where you would call a month ahead of time and say, you know, I've got uh, prom is coming up. Mm-hmm. I need this vehicle on Friday night between 6 p.m. and midnight. Or, you know, you, you would schedule this way, way in advance. It's true. And then just uh, hope that he shows up, the driver shows up on time, you know, because <laughs> right. I've heard stories where it happens where they don't. Yeah. Uh, but most cases it works out just fine. But that's the old way of doing things compared to uh, this new way. Now, a couple of young guys are in charge of this, really. Actually, one young guy. I don't know how old the second guy is. I didn't really look up the information on him. But the um, the guy that founded this whole thing, Travis Kalnick, I believe is his name. Uh-huh. He's the founder and CEO. And then there's another guy with him, Garrett Camp. And I'm not sure 
all the details about Garrett Camp. No, but- Garrett Camp is a pretty well-known startup guy nowadays because he is one of the co-founders of something called Stumble Upon. Yeah, Canadian entrepreneur, right? Yes, yes, sir. And uh, Travis also co-founded some stuff beforehand, right? Yeah, Red Swoosh was that with his company. It was a file sharing company, and uh, this guy right now he's only thirty-eight years old. So. That's what I mean. He's a relatively young guy um, getting into this whole thing. And I'll tell you, Ben, he's very successful because uh, the current value of Uber is around $17 billion. That's billion with a B. That is crazy. And uh, that is a precipitous rise. We we should also mention that a, one important difference between Uber and a taxi is that in a taxi, you may negotiate prices. You may need to tip uh, a lot of taxis, at least here in Atlanta, will do a relatively irritating thing, um, which I totally understand. And, and here's how it works. You'll go into a taxi in Atlanta. You'll say, okay, I'm at point A. I need to get to point B. They'll say, all right. They turn on the meter and driving. You get to point B and you want to pay and you say, okay, here's my card. And they say, oh, the card machine's not working. I'm air quoting right now because uh, they don't want to use a card because the taxi company itself will uh, pass the charge of using a card onto the driver. Sure, they take a percentage, right? Yeah, I'm just saying the card machine is not broken. Oh, I, you know what? I've had this happen so many times uh, that, that I can't even count uh, that you know I've been prepared to pay with a credit card uh-huh. and you're scrambling for cash. Yeah, and I. I totally understand that it's the the company coming down on the driver, and I get it. But just tell me that. Don't tell me the card machine is broken. Yeah, because it's right there on the door that you know they accept credit cards. And right. So you ha- almost have to ask that before you even step into the vehicle if they're going to accept it, and they kind of begrudgingly do that, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So the good thing about this, or one of the many good things about this service, is that no cash exchanges hands uh, between the passenger and the driver, unless you specifically want that to happen. If you want a cash tip somebody that's possible but it's not necessary in all cases because sometimes there's a tip added on sometimes you have the availability to uh, tip through your smartphone through Mm -hmm. the service um you know it's just a a much better way to handle this so um i don't know you don't have to worry about you know uh, having that extra cash on hand at all times you know you can just know that it's covered you've got this account that's already set up you know ahead of time that you've already signed up for registered for and it's and it's handled which is so convenient, right? In theory, in theory, Scott, that's amazing. All right. Now, you have used Uber on several occasions, right? Yep. I've never used Uber, so so school me a little bit in how this whole thing works, if you wouldn't mind. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe right from the beginning. I mean, right mm. from where you go to Uber.com. Right. You can go to Uber.com on a laptop or a desktop, or you can do what I did, which is download the app and create an account directly from there. Uh, Scott, the first time I used Uber, I was actually in San Francisco and I was getting a little desperate because it was getting late and I was not, I wasn't in a bad area of town, but I was in the area of town that was, uh, a little bit further away from a train station than was walkable mm-hmm. and where there weren't a lot of taxis. So, so unfamiliar territory. Uh-huh. For one thing, and you're just unsure of, uh, you know, what vehicle you're going to get into. You don't have mm-hmm. no idea. You don't and have where idea. am I? Exactly right. So, um, you know, it seems like a logical thing to do. And you thought, 
hey, well, I'll just go here and what, create an account or had you already yeah, created an no, account? No, I, I said, well, I, uh, while I'm waiting on the off chance a taxi comes by, I've got enough time. Well, that's remarkable. Okay. So I entered the information in on my phone. And so when I pulled up the application, what I found was a really easy to use interface where it shows a map. You have to have your location services turned on, you know, and so it shows a map. And you pick where you want to go based on where you are. It can give you a quote. You can request a quote to get an idea of how much you'll be charged. That's very nice because I don't know how many times I've been at some place, you know, like a hotel somewhere, like out in Vegas maybe. And you ask the uh, the bellhop, like, roughly how much should it be to get down to uh, Caesar's Palace or something right, like yeah. that. You know, just give me a, a ballpark idea so I'm not completely, you know, raked over the coals when I get there because – you know, what should be a $40 fare ends up being $60. You know, that, that shouldn't mm-hmm. happen. So you get an, an, like a heads up on what it should be once you're there, right? Right. So I've pulled up this app just for, just for a demonstration here. And you see right when you open it, you've got your set pickup location and you can move this little pin around wherever you now, want to go by moving the map. Now careful. You don't want a driver showing up to the, uh, the front of the building here. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Woodstock just in case. Uh, and, uh, once you do, once you set that location, then it will give you an estimate of how long it takes. And it will also let you know, you see these little car icons. I do. These are all cars that can be at that location. All right. So, uh, so there's a number of vehicles right in our area right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would think that uh, out of the, you know, the 45 countries and just, what, 100 cities in the U.S. alone? Right. Um, in the U.S. alone, there's 100 cities that are using this. So, you know, if you call up this app and you fight, figure out where all the vehicles are around you, I bet you there's two or three vehicles, you know, within a mile of you at any given time, probably, within sure. the, within those cities. And you can find the list at Uber.com, you know, exactly, you know, where this, this thing is active, I guess, maybe. In a um, lot of cases. Oh, wait, where should we go next? Well, you know what, I, I want to... Just make one quick mention of this. When you when you create an account, there's going to be some information that they ask you, and I just don't want people to be surprised by what they're asked. Right. Uh, it should be like name. Uh, of course, there's going to be a um, you know your phone number, of course, your email, uh, the language that you prefer to use for the app, of course, mm-hmm. and uh, billing information, which requires a valid credit card. So you have to have a valid credit card on hand when you create the account, and that will then be the card that is billed for all of your Uber uh, transportation. Right. Yeah. So be very careful with that because we all know that it's easy for some people to slide into a habit and not notice how much money they're spending. Yeah, exactly right. So you got to review all the terms and conditions and all that, which is all pretty much standard, really. I mean, you yeah. just uh, check that, make sure that, you know, all that, you know, something that you agree to and then confirm the creation of your account and you'll get an email that says you're an active Uber user or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you've already mentioned downloading the Uber app. Um, you have to sign in using your username and password every time you use it, right? So that someone can't just pick up your phone and order a car, charge it to your You know what? That's a card. good question. It's kind of a uh, like a password security thing, right? Uh, yeah, I hope so. That's a good question, though, because when I just pulled it up right now, you know, I had installed the latest update and it went right to Atlanta. Yeah, that's a bit dangerous. Yeah, I should be more careful with my phone. <laughs> it's just a uh, a word of caution to listeners. But, yeah. you know, once you get to where you had just uh, talked about, you know, where you can see all the vehicles, mm-hmm. you've already entered where you are, where you're going to go to, you've got a variety of choices, right? You don't have to just take 
you know, the closest vehicle, right? Right. Yes. Uh, there is a rating system for Uber drivers, mm-hmm. right? You can also, uh, request some preferences. You know, there are several different tiers of Uber. I think there are five. Right. I, I have five listed here. Now there's probably more at this point because I think this thing is updated all the time. It mm-hmm. depends on where you're listening to us. If you're in another country listening to us, they have different options, as we're going to find out when we talk about Germany later. Right. But here in the United States, this is kind of the way it's laid out, and there are five choices. There's the black car service, there's the taxi service, UberX, an SUV service, and what they call a LUX, or luxury service. Mm-hmm. Now, the the black car service, that's kind of the original Uber service, and that's a uh, typically a high-end sedan. You can carry up to four riders in this car. So that makes sense, right? I mean, it's a great big luxury car that shows up. It's kind of like, you know, the Lincoln Town car. Exactly. Um, you know, the Cadillac that shows mm-hmm. up. But uh, um, the next one is taxi. And this is actually, this is weird. This is a, a local taxi service that has an agreement with Uber. So you are actually calling a taxi, but you're not paying the taxi rate. It's it's different. It's an Uber rate. Exactly right. You will you will pay through the app. You don't pay the driver of the taxi in this case, in this case only when you use Uber. Mm-hmm. So um, there's little different rules that go along with that. And I'll tell you about a, uh, a tipping thing that goes along with the taxi service in just a minute. Okay. Uh, there's also Uber X. This is relatively new, I believe, right? Uber yeah. X. Uber X is a little bit more affordable, a little bit less luxury, right? Yeah, because Uber is kind of a, I want to say, uh, we can call it a premium service, I guess. Definitely. Uh, I've got a nice stat here for a while in D.C. The price of an Uber would be about 50% more than that of an equivalent cab ride. Okay, so this is a this is an alternative to, uh, you know, having the Lincoln Town Car, the Cadillac, or whatever, the luxury right. sedan pick yeah. you up. This is, a, uh, this is where an everyday car comes and picks you up. Now, it sounds a little strange. But we're talking about cars like Prius or maybe like a Nissan of some kind. You know, right. It's a, uh, just a, a hatchback, maybe something like that. Usually has four doors, room for luggage because mm-hmm. they know that people are getting, you know, to and from the airport, to and from, um, you know, bus stations or whatever, wherever they need. Exactly. Right. So um, this is like an alternative to the thing. And usually it allows up to four riders. Again, it's a budget option and it's called different things in different places. I think it's called Uber Pop in Germany. It's called Uber X in in the United States and definitely in Atlanta. As a matter of fact, when we pulled up the app to check out a little bit of a demonstration there for you, uh, we also got a pop-up message that said, hey, in Atlanta, we have a 15% discount on Uber X, making it 35% cheaper than average cabs in your area because, ladies and gentlemen, friends and neighbors, there is a war going on for your cab fare. Absolutely. That's right. And uh, as a matter of fact, this has uh, been the cause of a few walkouts, a few um, demonstrations, I guess, by taxi drivers. Isn't uh-huh. that right? There's been some uh, some taxi drivers that feel it's not fair. You know, there's there's opposition to Uber and them saying that it's not fair that they're allowed to operate without the proper licensing. So we said in 1907, we started having those first taxi meters come out in New York. Well, let's just fast forward to the Great Depression. People are trying to make money any way they can. So if you have a car, you're just trying to make that car worthwhile. You want to make gas money, want to make rent and food, maybe something nice for the kids at Christmas, right? So all these people who are flooding into this unregulated cab market in New York City uh, start what are called the fare wars. So people are driving prices down, trying to form pricing cartels, 
uh, to maybe own some turf in the city, you know, mm-hmm. like tell those Long Island cab jerks to stay out of our, our turf, right? And what this eventually led to was something called the Haas Act in 1937. And that goes back to that medallion system we were mentioning. It limited the number of taxis to about 13,566-ish. This is a bit of a union hold on that city, right? Yes. I mean, yeah. that's kind of what this amounts to, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's them saying, grouping together and saying, we want to, uh, we want to have restrictions in place that allow only us to operate in this vicinity, right? Right. So the problem is with that regulation, a lot of people who are for it say that it's necessary to restrict this because cab drivers already make so little money. And if fare wars began again, then no one would really win eventually. But most of these licenses or medallions, at least in New York, are owned by companies. Ah, uh, yes, Ben. And you know what? Let me tell you, I've, I've been reading about some of the controversies or the opposition to Uber along the way and, you know, over just the, the last, what, five years that they've been in operation. Right. And it's, boy, there's a lot of regulatory opposition that's happening in Australia, in Canada, in Poland, in mm. Germany, as we'll find out, the UK, here in the United States, of course, and uh, just all over the place. Um, and most of this comes down to licensing. It's almost always licensing yep. issues. And the claims are that, you know, these Uber drivers may leave the riders in a bad position if there's ever an accident. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that if there's an accident that causes injury, the Uber drivers maybe aren't as insured as a as a big taxi corporation would be because they have, uh, you know, all the uh, federal regulations that are in place in the state and local regulations as well. Right. Maybe um, Uber is not operating under the same set of regulations. They may not hold the uh, the level of insurance that they have that, that the big companies have. It's it's true what you say about regulations, because there's a very interesting difference now. Opponents of Uber would call this a loophole, right? Mm-hmm. Advocates of Uber would say it's legal. What are you angry about? So Uber is regulated in most places as a black car or livery service. And that means, to your point, that Uber has less regulation than a taxi cab would have. However, it's turning these services, these relatively higher end services, right? Mm -hmm. Into something that the average person can get. It'll be expensive, but you can get it. Ah, that's right. You know what? And I want to mention two more types of Uber vehicles because you're talking about high end and these are getting towards more of the, uh, uh, the, the, upper end of the scale here oh yeah the suv so huh? the black car is already fairly expensive taxis uh you know as you mentioned a little cheaper i guess right maybe? uh-huh yeah and uh, uber x is the the budget well now we're getting into the last two and there's the suv service which is a um it's significantly more expensive than the black car service mm-hmm. and this is a a large size suv that shows up to uh to bring a large group right you know to and from the airport to and from you know, whatever bar location they want to go to. The bachelorette or, party. Exactly whatever. right. Yeah, but it's a, it's a much more expensive service. And then there's the, the ultimate high end, I guess, of Uber, which is the luxury car service. Now, uh, this is one that seats up to four people. Um, again, it's the most expensive service available from them. Uh, but it's just a, a again, a high end luxury sedan that comes and, uh, and, and, caters you around in comfort and style. I I file that one under, don't just get me there, make me look good on the way. That's true, yeah. And a lot of people, that's uh, that's very important. So, you know, of course, Mm -hmm. they'll go for the luxury service maybe sometimes, maybe not all the time. 
Mm. I don't know. It seems like um, you know the average user would be more in the black car, taxi, and Uber X area. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, the SUV, and very rarely, the luxury car service. Now, let's go ahead and talk about a few more of the pros before we get to the con traversies. Huh? Uh, 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 not bad. I'm sorry, man. You try. Oh yeah, I guess. But uh, but here's one that is uh, that's pretty good about the system. So the drivers who work for Uber prefer it often to working for a cab because, or even a black car service because they don't have to pay kickbacks to dispatchers. Uh, so one of the founders, Colin Nick said, you need to set it up so that the drivers make a lot of money. Whenever we start in a city, we see mostly traffic from drivers who are using us as a yield management system. They're filling up their dead time mm-hmm. and that predictable cash flow allows them to expand their business. And Uber, he goes on to argue, also protects drivers from passengers. Because, you know, think about a tale as old as time in the urban environment. Somebody jumps out of the taxi and tries to run away mm-hmm. without paying, right? Exactly right. Now, you're talking about protects them from, uh, you know, a lost fare. Mm-hmm. But there's also another kind of another layer of protection, I guess, if you want to call it this. Now, someone could create a fake account, sure. But you know who is arriving to pick you up, right? You get a profile of the driver. You get a profile of the vehicle that's coming, right? It'll yeah. tell you the, the uh, license plate even, I think, of the type of vehicle that's coming. Uh-huh. And a picture of the driver. But it also tells the driver who they're picking up. They, it, there's a, uh, um, I guess, a way that the driver can see the passengers as well, at least the person that ordered the vehicle. A two-way rating system. Exactly right. So there's a little bit more security in that than just picking up anybody off the street. You know, I mean... It's kind of the same thing again in that, you know, somebody could game the system, I guess. You know, they could they could set up a fake account and go to the, a lot of trouble to do that. Uh-huh. However, you know, they still have to have a valid credit card. There's some way to track who that person was. And uh, and that's just a little bit more safety than just picking up, uh, again, anybody on the curbside, you know, at 2 a.m. after mm. bars close down. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. And basically have conversations 
questions that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Mm -hmm. And yes, and to show how much time and thought Uber is putting into its drivers, there's there's a neat thing that a lot of people might not know. Uh... Uber didn't just help drivers find fares. Uh, they lined up $2.5 billion in financing to give low-interest car loans to UberX drivers. Nice. Very nice. So that means up to 200,000 drivers buy cars at low interest rates under the condition that they use the cars for Uber during the duration of the loan. You know what? Now we haven't even talked about this, Ben, but I want to I want to bring this up right now. Is Yeah. That- it's possible for, I don't know, you and I to be an Uber driver if we wanted to, right? Yeah, that's and, weird, And huh? you could do that through the website. So you can go there and apply to be a driver. And really, the application process, I don't think it's terribly difficult. You you have to prove who you are, prove your driving record is good. Yeah. Um, you know, make sure that your your license is on record and that all that stuff. registration is up exactly, enough and Exactly, right. And your vehicle is, is roadworthy. And, you know, all the stuff that you have to do normally to get a job like this, you know, a, a taxi type service. But... You don't have to be part of a taxi union. You don't have to be part of a uh, a major taxi company in your in your city. Uh, you just sign up on the website, and that's how you begin. So you can go there and check it out and see exactly what's involved. I haven't gone through the process of, of you know signing up to be a driver. I'm afraid where that might lead, Ben. I might uh, <laughs> I might end up actually doing it because um, it sounds like a way that you know if you've got you know a date. Let's say you're a student, okay, and you've got class two days a week, three days a week, and you've got the other two or three days free, mm-hmm. you may want to make a little cash on the side. And, uh, you know, aside from the night job that you normally do or whatever, yeah. um, you could sign up to be a driver and you kind of pick and choose your hours. You decide when you're on the clock, when you're off the clock. You know, as, as much as you want to drive is as much as you can make. Really. Right. And they're, of course, going to have standards for the type of car that is acceptable, mm-hmm. even for Uber X. So, uh, for example, my car wouldn't work because it's a coupe. And I'm not entirely sure of this, Ben, but it may be a little bit too old as well. I, yeah, mean, I think there's a, a model year consideration that has to come in as well mm-hmm. because of uh, newer safety features that you know have evolved over the past decade or so. And you and I both own cars that are about 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know there's been advances in that area, and they want to make sure that their passengers are safe. Right, and that makes sense. So ultimately, what Uber wants to do in the short term is kill the taxi business. Ah, yes. Now, you know what? Can I get to one more thing before? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I keep looking at this note, and I want to say it, and I don't want to forget it before we if we get to Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mentioned how, uh, you know, the taxi services, you're, you're hiring an actual taxi when you when you use Uber Taxi, right? Yes. You're hiring an actual taxi, but you're using the Uber rates, and it's, it's a separate thing. You're paying via the smartphone mm-hmm. and your credit card. You're not really exchanging cash with the person. I do want to point out, though, and this is something I mentioned earlier, and I said I'd get to it. Uh, you're not paying cash again. The credit card is billed directly, but there is a 20% tip that's added for the taxi service automatically. And, uh, you uh. know, and the thing is about tipping, you know, 
that's kind of an unusual situation. I mean, that's the only one that adds an automatic tip. It's kind of up to you. It's your discretion if you want to tip your Uber driver otherwise, because most don't accept it. Here's, um, you can actually tip an Uber X driver if you want as well. Uh huh. But the black car, SUV, and limo drivers are not supposed to be tipped in this case because they already have that built in. There's a premium built into the price of the, of the ride. Mm-hmm. So that, uh, you know, when you're done, you're done. You just hit, uh, you know, confirm payment or whatever and it's, and it's done. Which is, again, so convenient, almost dangerously so. I, I just, I can see it getting out of hand so easily. I stopped myself. I had to turn the dial down on my Uber use in Atlanta. Because it becomes easy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I have a car and it just became easier. You have your own car, uh-huh. which sometimes you leave here, right? And right. You'll, you'll jump in an Uber to, Uber vehicle to get home. Right. Yeah. I'll take the train from work and I'll go hang out with friends or something. Yeah. And then I'll either just ride home with someone because I also live next to another train station mm-hmm. and then just take the train back to work in the morning. Or I can just take Uber and take it all the way, take one, it all just the way home. One all, step. Yeah. One yeah. step. It, it, it does seem awful easy. And it does seem like, you know, once you have this app available and it's something that you're accustomed to using and you know, it's going to work and you know that the billing is accurate and all that stuff. Once you become comfortable with it, mm-hmm. uh, it becomes something that you uh, you would use more frequently. I could understand that, and then you got to really watch the the credit card charges. You know that uh, I forgot I used it. You know four times last week. Uh huh. That's right. going to add up. Yep the the uh that is one of the advantages slash dangers of Uber. But but think about this. Let's say you're in a new city, and mm-hmm. you know, say you're in uh, you're traveling to New York, and you're unfamiliar with the city. Now maybe New York isn't the best example. How about a smaller city? Okay. Let's say you're in Philadelphia. All right. We're in Philly. You're in Philly and it's not much smaller, but it's smaller. And, uh, you know, you're just unfamiliar with exactly where everything is and you know, mm-hmm. you need to get to a certain museum and you're at your hotel and, uh, you don't know how, where exactly to, you know, hail a cab or how that works there. If it's easy or if it's not easy. Right. This is a simple way to get around that. And if you know you're going to go there, even if you're from, you know, some small town in the Midwest that does not have Uber, you could sign up for the Uber service. And then when you get to Philadelphia, you have that available to you. So that, you know, when you step out on the curb of the hotel, you can order that Uber vehicle and you know with confidence that, you know, this is the person that's going to pick me up. Here's a picture of the driver. I know that that's who's coming. Yeah. And they're going to be here in three minutes because it's telling me and it'll track the vehicle as it arrives and they know who they're picking up. It's all very, uh, it's all very simple, very concise, very laid out for you. Right. And Uber is hoping that it's so much more simple, so much more concise, so much more easily laid out than a cab. And this goes back to, uh, one of the big controversies that, you know, that we've been diplomatically talking about. But let's go ahead and, uh, go international. Let's go to the cons. Not everyone is a fan of Uber. Exactly right. And, uh, you know, we mentioned some, uh, some walkouts, some, uh, some strikes that have been, um, you know, on record, I right, guess. Right, especially know. in Europe. Yeah, exactly right. And, you know, taxi drivers will, uh, will crowd the cities, uh, you know, the, the streets and just get out of the vehicles and stand there. Just like a, a slowdown or a work shutdown. I don't know what you would call that, I guess, when the, uh, when the taxi drivers just clog up all traffic and, and refuse to drive. Right. So the recent news out of Germany, Ben, is that Uber has been banned across the entire country of Germany. Now. Wow. Uh, okay. I understand, you know, that sounds pretty dramatic, right? I mean, across the entire country, this is no, no longer able to happen. Well, Uber, Uber pop, I guess, is what they call, 
um, the same service that we call Uber X here in the United States. You know, this, mm-hmm. uh, you know the the everyday car, I guess. You know, the the cars that you and I could drive. Sure. All right. So a court in Frankfurt recently ruled, and I mean recently, like in September of 2014. They recently ruled that the firm lacked the necessary legal permits to operate under German law. So, again, it's back to licensing. That's always the thing, right? Yep, licensing, regulations, uh, red tape. Yep, and they said that it could face a fine if uh, if the service continued. And, uh, and the fine, Ben, the fine is huge. Now, Taxi Deutschland suggested that Uber could face up to a 250,000 euro fine per trip if the American firm loses the case that they've got against them. Now, there's a court case, of course, brewing is what I'm you know, getting at here. Uh-huh. And an Uber spokesperson said that they're not going to suspend the service and that the ban was not enforceable you know, while this appeal process is ongoing. So it comes down to a lot of legal back and forth. But, you know, here's, you know, the, the taxi Deutschland company saying, you know, they're going to face this tremendous fine if they operate in our jurisdiction you know, up to 250,000 euros per trip, which is a huge, huge amount. That's, you know what that is that's in U.S. dollars? What's that? $327,840 per trip. What? If, if they, if they violate this. But then, you know, the Uber spokesperson says, no, we're not going to suspend service. We're going to, con- you know, carry on as usual because we know we're right. You know, we've done, we wow. fought, we fought this fight in other cities yeah. across the world. We're right. So they're going to, uh, they're going to battle Germany. In this, in this whole thing. So, you know, this whole appeal process, who knows how long that's going to take. Right. But, uh, but watch for some Uber news coming out of Germany pretty soon because, you know, the taxi drivers say it's unfair competition because they have, um, far fewer regulatory restrictions that are, that are placed upon Uber versus the taxi company. Mm -hmm. And, uh, boy, I mean, there's a lot to say about that, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, all right, Ben, so I mentioned, you know, regulations put in place and, you know, that's very restrictive, right? Yeah. All right, well, what do you think the solution to that is? Maybe, uh, I don't know, smaller, uh, I guess, smaller government restrictions (laughs) on them? Well, you know, it's funny because this has gone, the the fight about Uber and the war between them and cab companies has gone to the halls of Congress, you know, Politicians, at least in the United States, I don't know about where you guys are listening to the show, are taking up the flag for or against Uber or for, I guess they're all saying it's for something, like for the taxi cab companies or for Uber. Uh, people like Mark Rubio uh, are big Uber fans. I bet they are. Yeah, exactly right. And you know what? Just to, just to underline this point or underscore this point, yeah. uh, the, the, uh, the spokesperson from Taxi Deutschland uh, says that this is a, a, a quote, Form of locust share economy, and they also call it anarchy capitalism, uh, that could leave passengers exposed during an accident. Now that's where the safety issue comes up, right? So their 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 major claim here, I guess, is you know not that, that it's competition and the they're kind of undercutting the the rates on them. You know right. that they're they're getting more business. Uh, it's that you know it's it's a it's a passenger safety issue, Ben. Oh right, yeah, it's it's for safety. They're concerned about the people, the children, Ben. They're concerned Think about of the, children. the children, Scott. Yeah, well. <laughs> The children who are calling Uber 24-7 to get a ride. <laughs> yes, the teenagers, uh, right? Uh, so, who knows, man? Germany is a crazy place. It is crazy. Crazy cool. Crazy cool. Yeah, I went to Germany once, and uh, everybody in that country is way cooler than me. Uh, you heard it here first, Wow. Folks. Yeah. Oh. I was so impressed, man. They got these Donner kebabs. Uh, okay, moving on. I'm getting derailed. 
If you have had a Donner, you know what I'm talking about. They're amazing, and that's the first thing I eat when I go back. Uh, but it looks like I might have to grab a regular cab from the airport. Well, possibly because, you know, Uber says that, you know, all rides and all travelers in those rides are insured. There's no, there's no concern there. That's what Uber's saying. They're saying this court case shouldn't go on longer than one day. You know, like we just, we'll just come in with the facts. It's done. That's why they're saying we're not going to suspend service. We know we're right in this situation. We fought this fight. Here it is again, and uh, and we know we're going to come out victorious. Right, and it's in their FAQ. That's how you know it's been an issue, Mm -hmm. because they have a section in their FAQ about that where they uh, talk about $1 million of liability coverage per incident, $1 million of uninsured, underinsured bodily injury coverage, $50,000 of contingent comprehensive collision, uh, no-fault coverage. They... They're saying that they have this stuff sealed up. Sure, yeah, and and by part of, I mean, I guess by extension, the drivers that that drive for Uber are also insured. So you know, there's like another level of this, I guess. There's the company that's insured, right? Right. Company insurance on a vehicle that's used for Uber service, and then the motorist, and the driver has to be insured as well. That's part of that whole sign up uh, procedure. You know, all the information that I was talking about before that you have to provide. Of Mm. course, you have to be insured. Of course, you have to be insured to a certain level. And of a certain type. Right. Now, when we get to the criticism regarding um, regarding regulations for drivers specifically, we've already talked about the criticism, uh, the level playing field criticism mm-hmm. for cab companies versus Uber and whether or not it's going to work. And actually, can I sidebar for a second here? Of course. I really enjoyed the episode we did on the knowledge. Remember with those black cab drivers? I do, yeah. That was an intense test. Yeah. So the knowledge is a test so intense. It's the test every black cab driver has to take uh, to drive in the city of London um, and London because there's a place in London called the city of London, which isn't necessarily London. Anyway. And cab drivers would know that. And cab drivers would know all about that. So the knowledge is a test that is so difficult that after you have driven a cab, most people fail it, and after you have driven a cab for a number of decades, parts of your brain change. They they grow larger, the parts associated with spatial recognition and navigation and stuff. So these guys, in London at least, have this wealth of knowledge, and the argument on their side would be that an Uber driver doesn't have that. They have a GPS, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but these industries, which are protected by government regulations, especially in Europe, are uh, coming head to head with Uber. But Uber's first plan is to uh, is to take these guys out, regardless of any criticisms around regulation. And in New York, for example. They, they don't have to take a crazy test like the knowledge, but you know, you have to have a clean driving record, drug test, uh, sexual harassment lessons, defensive driving course, all before you get in the car for your first day of work. Uh, the question is whether or not Uber has the same level of scrutiny for its drivers. And I have a story for you to introduce us to more of these controversies. Great. Sounds good. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. 
and also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So there is an article here about one lady's experience with Uber. And she was she lived near Lincoln Center in New York City, right, and was going across town, called the Uber, and... It was a regular trip, but at the end of the ride, the Uber driver asked her if she had been at Lincoln Center a few hours earlier. She said she hadn't because she didn't remember to walk, walking past there. He took out his iPad. Really, he asked, because you look like this girl. And he turned the iPad to face the back seat. She saw a full-length close-up picture of herself wearing the workout clothes she'd had on an hour earlier. The driver asked if uh, he, she wanted him to send the picture. She declined and, you know, made like a banana and split. So she gave it a one-star review, um, and then Uber responded and, and said, you know, we've turned this information to our driver team. She complained, too. Uh, it's never okay for a rider to feel uneasy. We'll do everything we can to make this better. We know money can't solve anything, but, you know, here's $20 credit. What a creepy story. It doesn't end there because the driver a few days later um, apparently gets a message or sends a message to this woman via an intermediary. And the driver said, I need your help to get my job back um, and said he had been a driver for 20 years. 
And what had happened between him and the jogger lady was a misunderstanding. And Uber had immediately fired him, he said. And uh, he didn't want to seem like he's a bad guy or something. And then he sent the email to the lady, the jogging lady, at her professional email address and to her boss. So that's where she found out that Uber gets more than the first name of a rider. So be careful with your information. That's, uh, yeah. that's the underlying, uh, I guess, I guess uh, lesson in this whole thing is mm-hmm. that uh, you never know what someone's going to do with your personal information, but, man, that's creepy, isn't it? That's really weird. And, uh, and for him to contact her the next day as well? Yeah. Personal well, email? Weeks, yeah. This is, I mean, and this is not to say that, Uber is bad or people are crazy, but this is also not a commercial for Uber. We're talking about this company. So these are, these are the good and bad things you need to know. Sure. Yeah, I understand. And, uh, it just seems like, you know, you mentioned that, you know, when I, when I was asking you about your Uber app and you pulled it up, that your information was right there and available. It seems like somebody could grab your phone, use that to, to, you know, get across town, uh, you know, via your stolen phone. Wow. Yeah. Would, would be pretty easy, right? It's billed to your account. You can't really prove that it wasn't you unless the driver, you know, has a photo of you and says, uh, that was not the guy that I picked up. Well, you know, we can dispute this charge or whatever. I don't know if they even yeah. do that. What a good action sequence for taking three or something. You yeah. know, you need to get across town. So you just grab a phone, someone else's phone, sure. and Uber across a little subplot. There's w- one more thing. that's really interesting. Is it cool if uh, we go into this? No, of course it is. Yeah. Okay. So there's another article that says Uber has a crazy plan. The kind of thing that even Elon Musk would call ambitious. Really? Yep. Killing the taxi business is just the first part. They want to be the cheapest, best way to get around all the major cities in the world. Uh, the medium objective for Uber, according to this article, which is speculative, is much broader, and it has to do with what tech nerds call the death of the ownership society. So uh, there's one guy who already sold his 3 Series BMW because it was cheaper for him to use Uber where he lived, uh, the argument is that as Uber rides become cheaper and cheaper, people will just not need to own cars. Hmm. That's their idea, and they want to partner up with uh, other non-car companies. So why buy an expensive grill for a summer picnic, the article says, when for $40, Uber can deliver a grill in half an hour. Deliver a grill? And, you know, take it back. <laughs> oh, my gosh, this is kind of weird. So... From there, if step one is to take over taxis, step two is to kill ownership. What if Uber starts using autonomous vehicles? In his defense, the guy also goes back and says, you know, if this sounds fanciful, it's because it is. But what if Uber becomes uh, two two cabs and two hired cars? What if it becomes the Google of that market? All you right, know? let me tell you something, because you're reminding me of something that uh, that I, I feel like we need to talk about before we close out here. All right, so you mentioned that, you know, Bringing a grill to a summer picnic or something like that—that that sounds outlandish, right? Right. But listen to some of the Uber promotions that have happened just recently. I mean, these are these not long ago. Now, remember when you were a kid and you would just—there was really no rhyme or reason to when the ice cream truck would arrive. You know, yeah. Sometimes it would sometimes come by at this time. Sometimes it would come by on the weekends. Sometimes in the evening. You didn't you just know had when. to be ready. Exactly right. Now this one, you can summon the ice cream truck to your location. So let's say you're at the uh, the neighborhood pool. And you decide you want an ice cream, you can summon that that truck there, and they'll come to a specific place. And sometimes they even have packages of ice cream products that they will offer to you 
for a certain rate. Let's say that you ah. order a package of, you know, I, I'm going to at least order 15 of this type of item. So will you come here? And they'll say, of course, we'll be there. It's not like, you know, I just come here and we'll see what kind of business we drum up. But mm-hmm. but in addition to whoever they just kind of get on the fly, you know, whoever just also shows up, you have guaranteed that they're going to sell X number of uh, snow cones or whatever they happen to have, right? Yeah. So this ice cream truck thing went over fairly well, I believe. And then they offered a Back to the Future uh, um, program or promotion where I believe you could summon a DeLorean that looked like, uh, you know, the one out of Back to the Future. What? I think it did. Now, the photo shows the DeLorean that looks like the Back to the Future thing, future thing, but I'm thinking that maybe it was just DeLoreans. So, like, if there was a DeLorean in the area, they could they could have that arrive. Oh, I see. I'm not sure that was, you know, in every case, the one that looked like the movie prop. Mm-hmm. All right. Another one was a helicopter service that you could order from New York City to the Hamptons during the 4th of July weekend. <laughs> that was like, uh, I want to say that was like $3,000. It was one flat fee. Pretty expensive, but um, not a bad way to arrive to the party, right? Yeah, I think they can soak the cost yeah, off. <laughs> I think so, too. And then there's also a uh, a ferry service that was offered, which is, again, kind of strange, you know, ferry yeah. service. Uh, but that was offered during the 2013 BART strike, which helped, you know, like, handle the additional, uh, I guess, transit load that was necessary, right? Uh-huh. So you, could, you could order a ferry to come pick you up. And then this is so weird. They had, well, they had a Christmas tree delivery service that I guess worked out fairly well for them. They had a kitten delivery service. You could have a kitten delivered to your location. Now, I think this is only in a couple of locations. It was offered in, um, I want to say, San Francisco, Seattle, and New York City. Surprise. And it was like $20, and they would they would arrive with a kitten, and you'd have like 15 minutes of playtime with the kittens, and they would bring, uh, I think, cupcakes and T-shirts and things like that, you know, like Uber T-shirts. So weird. That's a very strange thing, but, you know, when you think of things like you mentioned with the grill, you know, to the, the summer picnic, it's not that far-fetched to think that they could offer something like this because they've already done it. I mean, Amazon used to just sell books. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And most people, you know, I bet a lot of people haven't ever ordered a book from Amazon. They probably order every other thing besides a book, right? Yeah, or just watch TV with it. True. But this, okay, this is interesting because... I don't know about you listeners, but this is setting off all sorts of crazy science fiction red flags in my head. You know, I I was about to make a joke about renting a pet, and it turns out they've already done it. It's true. So what do you guys think is the future of Uber? Now, of course, we didn't have time to squeeze in some other vital information, such as the astonishing software they use to distribute these cabs and and manage the logistics of this. We also didn't talk about other similar companies like Lyft with a Y. Mm -hmm. Competition to Uber. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Lyft with a Y like it's a a metal band in the 80s. But but we would love to hear what you think. And we hope that if you have not heard of Uber, uh, this is an interesting introduction uh, we are not in any way paid or remunerated by Uber. As a matter of fact, you heard me say earlier that I have really turned down my Uber usage. And I've never used Uber. Right. That's true. Uh, so we'd like to hear your stories. We'd like to hear your experiences. I know that someone out there who has used Uber, who's listening right now, accidentally got in the wrong car because it happens. You know, you're waiting for the the Uber car, and then another black car pulls up, and you just open the handle. That'd be pretty shocking, wouldn't it? Yeah, happened to me once. For you and the driver. Oh, it did. It did. For I real. Felt really bad about it. No yes. kidding. Was who's more shocked, you or the driver? Uh, 
probably the driver because it was just some random jabroni running up to his car. Sure, he just made a mistake, but uh, he's dealing with a uh, space violation. I mean, he, you know, uh, I, if somebody ran up to my car and did that, his car was locked. But if someone ran up to my car in that fashion and opened the back door, I would assume a crime was about to take place. It'd be terrifying, wouldn't it? Yeah. So apologies to you, kindly stranger. And uh, I and, did and apologize. Whoever, and whoever else it happens to today, because it's going to happen at some point today to somebody. Yeah, probably statistically. And let us let us know what you think about this. So you can find us on Facebook and Twitter, where you can also watch our first episode of our Dream Cars video series. You can visit carstuffshow.com for every single one of our 600 podcasts. And uh, I just have to say again, Scott, congratulations. Thanks for keeping me around for 600 episodes. Likewise, Ben. Congratulations to you. I mean, uh, I should thank you for uh, for having me for that long because uh, you've been a great co-host. And I really appreciate uh, all the work you do to put this show together. Ah, shucks, man. I'm the short round to the Indiana over ah, here. No, come on. So, uh, too modest. Uh Yes, yes, it's one of my many failings. I'm too modest. I care too much. That's my <laughs> I'm kidding. I am kidding, of course. But if you want to be part of this, if you want to help us with some new ideas for upcoming shows, please do. Our best suggestions always come from our listeners. And our email address is carstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fairs. Discover more at Viking.com. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.